So September is recognized as Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, where you will see a lot of the WWE superstars walking around and uh, with either bracelets or um, what would you call them, badges on his shirt for the uh, the Connors Cure Foundation, which is mm-hmm. in basically um, what they do is uh, they wear it for awareness and to raise funds for pediatric cancer research. So um, definitely want to start off the show by giving a, a shout out to them. And for that and um, everybody else who's also um, participates in, in this awareness month. For us at BGB, we, we definitely uh, like to uh, bring awareness to each month, which you'll start seeing our banners will change each month to the respective color of that awareness month. So just wanted to start the show off with that. Um, but on another note, the NFL is back. Um, my Panthers getting ready to beat up on Denver like they should have on the Super Bowl. But, you know, I won't be able to watch it because uh, I'm going to see my man Yeezus. So I, <laughs> I might as well just plug Apple today, too, for, you know, the iPhone 7 being released and um, the waterproof phones are watch. Yeah, phones are working. Yeah, and th- well, I might as well plug Sony now, too, for making a slimmer PlayStation. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, let's get this throw started today. Uh, there's two James here. Um, it's just me and the, the great and the, the infamous Mr. Silly Sellers. What's, what's up, brother? Yes, sir. What's going on, man? Like you said, man, a lot of a lot of things come up with September. Uh, I guess the only thing that's still the same is the hot weather, but we'll take that. But, you know, <laughs> still hoping people with the hurricane victims that they're recovering as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Um, uh, what was what was the hurricane name that swept through? Uh, uh, Hermes. Hermes, yeah. So, um, uh, in Maryland where we're located, uh, we we typically don't get really bad weather. We we just get the tail end of storms, um, but never nothing really dramatic here. So you know, as much as we as much as I complain sometimes about being in Maryland, because uh, <laughs> you know we don't get the nice beaches and everything, we really don't get a lot of natural disasters, and Mother Nature's don't doesn't take their toll on that. So that I'm thankful for. Exactly. But um, anyway, um, today I think we got a lot to talk about. Just me and you. I think we're gonna cover a, a hour's worth of, of of topic. Um. I could, to be honest, there's nothing really to talk about with Raw. I, I really thought it was dry. Um, I mean, Agreed. the last... Well, one, one thing that was good, though, but I'll let you go ahead. I'll tell you what was good. Oh, no, you got it. Just how about something oh. positive? Okay, the one thing that was good, when Kevin Owens came out in that suit and, like, the intro that he had, I don't know if it was just the shot that it was sh- shot from, but that angle where you saw all the, uh, the pyro and balloons and banner just you know, go up in the background while he holds his belt up high. I thought that was a great shot. And it just looked like, man, this guy is the star and he deserves to have the belt. You know, I, I, I like that shot, especially that first opening five minutes when he came down. Absolutely. To see Kevin Steen come over to be Kevin Owens and finally see him at this moment is all surreal. And everything about it is just amazing to me. And definitely that was a that was wrestlemania-ish that angle i have to say i know exactly what you're talking about even he looked kind of surprised not that he gets got to sort of angle but with the exactly. power and everything was you know was was definitely one of those ones i'm sure we might see in some type of video package for him later on you know now Sana, do you know why he changed at least i heard the story i don't know if it's true or not but do you know why he changed his name from kevin steen to kevin owens when he went to wwe um no but i'm sh- I'm sure, I don't know, it's always weird when it comes to WWE and when it comes to last names, because if it ain't something they want to do, 
to be able to franchise something, then, you know, I wouldn't think ROH or anybody had the rights to their name because they usually don't have the rights to any of their uh, people with their exclusive contacts, contracts. So, I don't know. I don't know. That I, I, I did hear that his son is named Owen, and he was a big fan of Owen Hart. So, I don't know if that was the reason why he wanted to be Kevin Owens, to name it after his son and Owen Hart. But that, I heard that story, and I forgot where I heard it or read it from. Uh, it made it came on Twitter, and, and shout out to somebody who, you know, whoever it was that I saw that on Twitter, if it was a Twitter remark. But I think that's why he changed his name. Interesting. I'm, I'm sure we tweet that. Somebody would definitely, uh, definitely be able to give us an answer on that. But um, yeah. Before we get into it, let's let's plug our intro real quick. Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. The storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now. It's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but ultimately it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. Yeah, Alright, so yeah, uh, we're back. Um, like I said, Raw was just mad at me, so you know, wasn't too much for me to talk about there. The last like hour or two hours was just I don't even know. Even the three squash matches they had wasn't even intriguing to me. Braun Strowman is, is always uh one of the highlights of me. I love his theme music, so you always see me kind of mark out for it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But um, what did he win by a cutout? And he's supposed to be being built as a beast. Yeah, I pass. Um, no. Uh, R- I guess Sin Cara on his birthday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I kind of went off on Sin Cara a lot. I was almost sure I was going to get blocked at some point because I was just lashing out at him. So, but whatever. But but SmackDown, however, did deliver a solid two hours worth of wrestling as usual. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, their women's division, like uh, Dr. M would say, is definitely killing it. I'm very intrigued in the storyline with it and and um, just the fact that their six-pack uh, challenge that they're going to have on Backlash is definitely doesn't even look to be booked as it being an obvious winner here. So there's a lot of intrigue in the women's division and everybody's getting a nice little spotlight where even Naomi being rebuilt again is very interesting. It's just, it's just a lot more interesting than what Raw is doing, considering that Raw only thinks they have three women on their roster, so I don't know. But that... shout out to old, uh, old, I mean, excuse me, positive old WWE. When I had asked a question yesterday, we were doing some live tweet as you and I normally do. Uh, I put up when is Eva Marie returning? Because even when Eva Marie returns, with that interest that she's doing and her gimmick that she's selling mm-hmm. right now, I'm even intrigued in that. And he said September 18th, so she should premiere on the September 20th edition of SmackDown. That's where her suspension is up. So shout out to at Positive OWWE for shouting that out yesterday for us. Okay, cool. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely saw that tweet. So absolutely, and yeah, Eva Marie on SmackDown is definitely best for business. Very, very glad that that was drafted that way. And again, again, if she wasn't injured, um, I'm sorry, injured. <laughs> yeah, she is injured. I'm sorry. No, no, no. She's just fed up. So she's on vacation. That's what's happening. Um, <laughs> even if she was involved in this match right now, I mean, I even feel like the intrigue and the build with her would even give us an idea that she absolutely stands a chance to win this match, you know, if she was yeah. involved. But anyway, that's um, 
tonight we're really not going to review Raw SmackDown. Um, it's kind of getting played out a little bit across the podcasting realm of things. Um, I'm just going to go uh, go about a couple of topics, and you know, me and you, we can go at it and you know get some interesting points out. So, uh, one of the things that I came up with for tonight was um. SmackDown is just a two-hour show to its um, yep. counterpart of um, uh, Raw being three hours. But I asked myself this question. Is, is SmackDown really a three-hour show, considering that the fact that you must watch um, Talking Smack? Because, one, it puts the icing on the cake of the night. Renee Young, first, first, first of all, her facial expressions, like um, I believe it was either you or Dr. M tweeted, Definitely um, brings more drama into whatever is being said or done, but mm-hmm. it's I feel like it puts the icing on the cake on one the show on two storylines and just um, with how prompt um, SmackDown goes off the air on USA Network, it it's, it feels like sometimes you want a little bit more just to know a little bit more. And I feel like talking uh, talking Smack definitely gives you. Um, what you need, and I'm a big Walking Dead fan, so Talking mm-hmm. Dead is like almost an instant I must watch afterwards because it's just like afterwards you want to hear like the debates that goes on and you want to get some things explained. And I feel like SmackDown is doing a good job with with how they're carrying their two hours on the USA Network, but also delivering another hour on the WWE Network that brings it all into full circle. For so, sure, I definitely agree. And and I'll be honest, I have not seen it yet. Right. Um, well, so even with the Miz right, I still haven't seen it, you know, the whole complete right. I see like snippets and everything where I needed to see. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a great way to plug more viewers to watch your WWE network and make more value to the network if hey, as soon as this is over, I gotta jump on and see what's on talking splat. Which will lead into the next point in which I kinda like what they was gonna do with American Alpha, but it was wrongly executed. Once again, I did not see it, and I know we'll talk about it in a second. But that wasn't the right way to do it. Right, and and, and yeah, we'll we'll get to it right now actually because the fact the fact and the conclusion of SmackDown. Um, I'm sorry, not the conclusion because the conclusion was uh the AJ Styles um Dean Ambrose segment, but moments before that because it was only ten minutes before that that segment happened. Um, Chad Gable was injured by the Usos who went completely heel. Um, mm-hmm. and it just was it just. It, it didn't resonate good on me because I was just like, well, I mean, why why did they feel like this was their moment to do so? I mean, I understand, yes, they got pinned in 15 seconds, and I understand that they feel like they are at the top of the tattoo. I understand what they're going at, but it just still left me with questions like, wait a minute, like, okay, y'all lost and y'all injured them, and what, no repercussions or... um. You know, what's actually the result of this? And this needs to be answered before I'm completely invested in um, the tag team match for the, the new the new titles on Sunday. What Where I'm like, I'm really hoping that I'm not going to have to get some type of WWE app alert in order for it to understand what's going on with this. So you know the best thing to do is to put a pre-show match in, and that way you can pull the Usos back in there, maybe with another team that lost, maybe like Rizango, and the winner of that will face, you know, uh, the group of Heath Slater and Rhino during the pay-per-view. That's a great way to build in a, a pre-show match. No, but that's exactly what happened, though. That is that is exactly what happened. So on Talkers Matt, um, Shane McMahon, 
um, announced that Chad Gable uh, sustained an MCL sprain, which, okay. in other words, he'll be out, what, like three to four weeks or something like that? Okay. So, in the result of that, now the Usos will face the Hype Bros to see who the winner of that would then move on to, f- to face Heat Slater and Rhino. Gotcha now. So, okay. you know, as if, you know, before this, you didn't know that, but that hour of Talking Smack put all that together for me. And gotcha. it wasn't just like they're on there and like, I got an announcement to make. It was full of the drama and it was full of like the hard questions and, um, it just was, a, like I said, it's just like if you're a fan of shows like Walking Dead, because other shows does it too, the Talking Dead segment, which is the equivalent to now Talking Smack, is just something that it just resonates good on fans like that. And I feel like this absolutely adds the third hour that we feel like maybe SmackDown wasn't getting, but it makes me, mm-hmm. I got the impression now that SmackDown is always a three-hour show because they really force you to, want you to watch that third hour. And that Miz segment against Daniel Bryant was completely over the top, which I think that might have just actually put more people in, you know, in their seats for that last hour to see like, oh my God, if that happened that week, I wonder what what type of more segments could be, or, you know, promos could be cut on that note, especially the way he unleashed, do you know what I mean? True. So, um, he's Slater. <laughs> Is this man hot or what right now? It, he, he is very, very, very high, and I'm, I'm glad that he's getting a chance to do what he needs to do in this shot. I, I'm just so glad he's getting that opportunity. But what makes it even greater is if he loses, what do you do to build his character? Is he still chasing to get on the roster? Does he? What type of aggression would he show against the quote-unquote uh, new regime or new authority figure with Shane and Daniel Bryan? Uh, you know, it's, it's great ways you can do that. I don't want to say, hey, this is an easy cream puff cut. Uh, can't wait for him to get the title. But don't forget, Rhino's running, you know, for, for Michigan Congress or mm-hmm. government office or something like that. So you got to think about his availability of how much he could be a tag team partner. But this is a great way to build up Heath Slater. And once again, this is like the third time he's done this type of story. He's done this with the Legends. He's kind of done this when he was the one-man, two-man, three-man band with three and <laughs> with everything, always chasing. So it's this great where he can build up on his own. And maybe this could lead to maybe a few with The Miz. I don't know, maybe an icy title shot. It, it, you can go in in so many ways. I, you know, as long as he's just not in Jinder Mahal shoes where he's just jobbing since his return, you know. Heath Slater's exactly. hot. Um, the fans and Twitter, everything, are roaring for him. Um, he's relevant. Um, you know, he had his family there, which I thought was also for him. Um, and just his, his social media presence now just makes you see how humble he is to actually be given a chance where, you know, he could have been... One of those guys getting ready to uh, scratch the indie scenes to see how they're going to become, or I'm sorry, stay or become relevant, depending on, you know, the scenarios. And But right now, he's totally relevant, and people are buying into him, you know? Right, right. All right, D-Wayne, saw you just popped on. What's going on? Nothing's changing, man. Um... You know, I was saying earlier, I was like, you know, we're not going to go over just another, like, review of Raw and SmackDown. It's kind of played out. So we're just going to go over a couple of topics and throw around some points and, you know, just, just get some discussion and debates going on. More more or less uh, freestyle this a little bit. But, you know, keep it interesting how we do. So, um, have you have you watched, have you been watching Talking Smack? I actually haven't, um... 
So here's the question, okay, for me to to both of you guys. You you both have the network. What keeps you from watching it? Or what has really made you like say like I want to turn to it? Is it be you know, what what's really been the ultimate factor of why you just have not been invested in it? I'll be honest, for me it's been hard knocks and now the Florida State uh I guess uh behind the scenes stories because I'm a huge Florida State football fan, that at that 10 o'clock slot on Tuesday has just driven my attention to there. Now that a Hard Knocks is off, I'm going to go full-blown with the Florida State story, so maybe I can turn to it after Florida State is mm-hmm. off, or maybe just watch it at the same time. But just that Tuesday at 10 o'clock slot is like something else is intriguing me. And even when some more shows come back in the, in the fall, like my other shows in Chicago PD or anything that comes in the Tuesday time slot, that's just going to defer my attention. I got you. Go ahead, DMA. Uh, with me, um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I get the WWE Network just to watch pay per views. <laughs> I might watch the occasional. I might watch the occasional, you know, you know, in your house or something that type of nature. But besides, that, as far as original WWE programming, I mean, I might, I might watch um, Stone Cold podcast. But as far as original, really original WWE programming, it's just. It doesn't interest me. I mean, it interests me, and I'm, if I'm bored, I will catch it. But as far as me really taking the time out right there and there to watch it live, I, you know, for for me, um, I stumbled onto it the first time, and which was really good. The Daniel Bryan and uh, Miz segment was really good, but I can say that. Um, the pre-shows and like the pre-shows for like Raw and some of the pay-per-views, um, they're so underwhelming to me enough to make to give me a bad taste to make me think that every little original content type of show is going to give me that same feeling. However, Talking Smack has been good, which is enough to like you know make me want to watch it until I get burnt by the occasional typical shows that they usually give you that it's just like, all right, whatever. But, um, even the, um, what's the Holy Foley? That show's even pretty good, too. Really? Really? I, I like it. But, you know, Swerve, I can do without. The Riding On, I probably can do without, too. You know, not, not, not that bad, but not that good. But all the pre-shows, I'm completely good on. <laughs> I don't, I don't want no bars of them. Like, honestly. So, I, I don't know. I, I think... Uh, maybe I, I, I need to get... I, I, it's hard. Sometimes, and, and I'll just admit it, you know, even when you have to turn on the PlayStation and turn on the iPad, sometimes I just get lazy where I just say, man, I got this cable box. Why can't I just turn to a channel? And, and sometimes instead of turning on the device and everything, even though iPads are right in our hands, PlayStation is right in our hands, you know, sometimes when you're dealing with family, you know, you got to share a TV or whatever. <laughs> it's not just yeah. easy where I can just, like, share a TV. I have to turn on the actual device and put it on another, you know, television so it, it, it kind of hinders but once again like D-Wayne said when you come to those bona fide pay-per-views that you know that's coming on those Sundays even though football's coming back Sunday mm. for the full slate of the schedule mm. it's, it's just always that laziness for me I mean okay but okay let's let's be honest though we're basically just saying we're a bunch of old geezers and being able to adapt to move it to technology to use things to watch apps and stuff is a little bit um what not so convenient for us <laughs> it, it, in a way, it, it I, so know bad, I'm not I'm not saying that. I just don't have any interest. 
I can tell you this though, um, with the push on technology, like with um, applications like the PlayStation View, where it's like live streaming TV all straight from the PlayStation. I mean, that makes it a little bit more seamless. And I'm pretty sure that that remark that Silly Sellers made, I'm pretty sure others may feel that way too, honestly. Because mm-hmm. before, when I first got the network, I used to be real hyped to like jump, to like switch to see what was coming on. But like some of those talk shows or like after shows and stuff like that, I, I'm just, I don't know. You know what though? It's just like, maybe it's, I don't know, I'm just going to be honest. Maybe it's Booker T to me. Something about something about when he's just talking just seems so fluffy to me that just like I'm just not buying it. But um, Shane McMahon obviously does not not stick to the script, so he's he's good for business. Um, Dane Bryant seems to have a platform now where he can actually tell how he feel, and a lot of the stuff he's been saying seems to be in direct correlation to podcasts and interviews he's done. So he seems to be a little bit free. And Renee Young, that that is her segment. So of course she's going to be completely invested into doing whatever it is to make it exciting. And I I I'm I'm buying that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get to our break, um, since we're talking about sports and everything, did any of you guys check out the um Shannon Sharp and um Skip Bayless new show? No, but I heard it's getting great reviews. Like it's better, almost better than first take. Yeah, I'm wondering if some point. Do the WWE take an aspect like that and go head on? Now threes, was it three count or threes table? I forget what it is. Mm-hmm. I felt like they were trying to get at that with that, but that was a little bit more friendly and a little bit more like yes man, and everybody's agreeing around the table. Um, the Legends, what was the other show called? The Legends, not Legends House. Don't say that. Um, the other one, it was another one with a bunch of legends got together and talked. I feel like maybe. I, I'm not sure about the Legends one. I'm I not can't. Sure about that, but even to add to your comment too, I think you was talking about a morning show at one time too, like a weekly morning show. Yeah, I mean, I'm just the only reason why I'm splitting the idea is because I mean, obviously debates and arguments is what's popular. Um, if right, you if right. you if you're not grabbing fans by drama reality shows, which wrestling right. could be deemed as a reality show. Um, Absolutely. They have a platform, you know, considering that now they have ESPN you know, invested in them, they have a platform where they can actually, you know, do something similar to that, which I think could be very popular, you know, I, I don't know, mm-hmm. just just a thought, considering that that show just came on today, I watched a snippet of it, and I'm definitely going to check it out, so we're going to see. Good point, good point. So, um... Anyway, we're going to, uh, you know, cut to our breaks so we can plug in our promos and stuff like that. Um, when we come back, we're going to go ahead and get to our Twitter topic of today, um, do a preview um, for the SmackDown Backlash, and um, a couple of little other remarks and stuff moving forward into the week, what we have for the fans and everything. So uh, we'll get back to you in a minute. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Connect with us on all of our platforms, bgbgroup.tumblr.com, at bgbgroup on Twitter, and facebook.com slash biggoldbelt. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for the second half of the show. Um, I'm going to 
basically, if you've been following us on Twitter, which you have, which you should have, and if you haven't, I think you should, because we're cool and we're fun and we're laid back and we talk about all this interesting stuff and uh, we laugh and we just do silly stuff. Hey, we're regular guys, you know, we're fans and you guys are fans, so interact with us too. But um, two things I'm going to say. The first thing is um, starting next week. I'm going to try something a little different, and I'm um, just to try to get more people involved and interactive with us, where um, we will do our regular um, hour worth of podcasting, but as we're going to get into our next segment, which is going to be our Twitter topic of the day, we will have a Twitter fan. It could be a Twitter fan, somebody who's just independent, which means they're not representing any podcast or anything, but just maybe just a fan of ours or a fan of wrestling, where they will um, be able to have a chance to, you know, introduce themselves and um, um, tell where they're from, considering that we have fans all over the world. Um, and, you know, the reason why they like wrestling, whatever it may be, but also get a, be able to tackle the Twitter topic of, of that day. So um, today's topic, which I'm going to hand it off to Mr. C. Sellers, and he can explain. Yes, sir. Yeah, to tell him. Okay, so let me give you some background story. So, two chains went to, and I, for something, went to a lot of indie wrestling events. We went to Nova, went to two chains, went up to the Revolve before he went to the SummerSlam weekend uh, where he saw NXT take over Brooklyn, too. And it, one thing that came to mind to me was the reason why we're so intrigued with WWE is because of their video packaging. And of course, with their video packaging, you get enough uh, promotional backgrounds, you get enough support, you get the TV time, you get a lot of production value that help brings the value of the show. But when you talk about in-ring wrestling, some of these indie shows out-wrestle two and three times what WWE is doing is in the ring. And we have to think about, when we think about wrestling, what's the first word in WWE is, is wrestling. Wrestling comes before entertainment, of course, outside the world. But wrestling comes before entertainment. So we have to understand the reason why we're intrigued by this it's because we're intrigued by the sport of it, and then the entertainment value comes to it. So it brought me to the question, if other promotions have equal financial backgrounds or an owner that can put the financial stability in the company, would you have some of these shows uh, outdo others? And if I can log on to Twitter... Yeah, read off the results. The question, I, I put up the question in the results that we actually had, because we had a pencil our profile, and, and I think the voting's over by this point. Let's just make um, let's just make this right clear page. at BGB Group. Follow us, okay? If you didn't hear it during the break, uh, now I'm I'm verbally saying at BGB Group. Follow us, please. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And here's a question: If they had the same financial backing, what wrestling promotion could best compete with WWE? So I have four choices: TNA, ROH, New Japan, and other wrestling promotions, which can like limit anything or be anything like Evolve, Nova. If you're from the DC area, MCW from the Maryland area. Um, all those could be part of other. So the results, and, and this was our biggest outpouring of results. We had 31 people vote on this, and I think the voting's closed now, but it was a great, uh, I guess, interaction from Twitter fans that we even had some responses about it. 16% of you said TNA, 29% said New Japan, 3% said other, but a lot of you said 52% said ROH. And I thought that was interesting to see because ROH does have some great wrestling but it doesn't have that financial background piece to help use it. I mean, even though ROH was on TV for a little bit, it still wasn't over that as it could have been with major, you know, production value or anything like that. So, two chains, you saw how I put that question out there. What was your thought when you saw it? 
Okay, so first off, before I even get my remark, I'm, I'm, I'm going to plug my boy uh, at Giant Crab and yes, sir. his first his first response to it was that he didn't think it was a fair question considering, I mean, considering that he felt that we were assuming that money drives creativity, which is an excellent point. However, mm-hmm. um, my response to his uh, remark was that I didn't feel like that was true. I said, well, um, money obviously pays for promotional packages and media, which I feel like is a big part in wrestling. Um, the reason why I feel like it's a big right. part is because it it involves exposure and create and um, creativity. You know, I think um, at Giant Crab was referring to creative work, but that's not what we're saying mm-hmm. because yes, yes, storylines and booking are a book a big thing, but we have to look at some of these some of the best indie stars who are some of the biggest names in CWC. They're not governed under such creativity and and creative. Because they're accepting booking from all over the place. Where they play heel today, face tomorrow, tag team next week, um, title shot for, you know, whatever uh, respective organization they're wrestling for at that that point. So, and and like I said, some of the biggest and best talent. And it's not the fact that we don't think they're good. It's just the fact that some of us don't know who they are unless you support the indies, which is always we're big advocates of a support the indie show. So what we're saying is if some of these organizations who house some of these household indies um, talent, who's a frequent um, member or has a con- contract with their brand, if they was able to get the exposure and the, they had the financial backing to do so, could they directly compete with WWE? And I absolutely feel that in my heart, if it had to be anybody, it just would have to be Lucha Underground, which I'm surprised. Of course, I couldn't vote, but I'm surprised that other only went at three percent, considering that Lucha Underground is one, the most creative yet distinct type of wrestling show you can watch with the best. You can hold me to this has the best video packages and everything to it because half of this show is the storyline and mm-hmm. and to not know who majority of the stars are it automatically it, it like you can pick up on an episode and almost know where you left off at because it's basically built as a show like a netflix series and and what i'm saying is if they had the financial backing that they wouldn't just be on El Ray Network. That we see them on Fox, where you turn on Channel 5 and 8 o'clock spot because they can afford that. That you now are exposed to what they already have put together, which is already creative in my mind. And, and now other people are able to get involved. And the fact of, and the Luchadors itself is a creative thing. The mask, the costumes, the story, the heritage, the history, everything about it. It's just, just needing the extra dollar the financial investor for them to go to the next limit. So my pick absolutely is Lucha Underground on that. And even, th- we, we even talked about this off air too. Another way you can view it is look at wrestling stars who've been in WWE that's become more successful outside of WWE because they got a chance to build their own brand. Uh, somebody more recently like a Cody Rhodes, who's now going to be performing in TNA and ROH as an independent 
But that way, if you see some of the videos that he's put it on his own Twitter, you saw him on involved in New York, you can just see the type of outpour and charisma that he has just building his own brand to himself. And fans love it. True wrestling fans eat it up. Absolutely. Fans to seeing that promotion worldwide like WWE because WWE's the stomping ground. Just like if you want to compare the NFL and the Canadian Football League, even though this is not a direct Canadian Football League has some great talent and some great Hall of Famers in their history, like Doug Flutie, who can excel both in the CFL and the NFL when he was in there. But the fact that the CFL does not get enough coverage, it can't spotlight how much people can can witness to how good those athletes are. You look at the Arena Football League, Kurt Warner, who was a Super Bowl MVP. You know, same thing. Oh, I, I got a great example for you. Carson Wentz, um, the oh, second pick. Um, because he came from a smaller school division, you don't even see much tape of this guy, even at the exactly. combine. Yet he's drafted number two, and you're just like, what? You know what I mean? Like, where did this yeah. guy come from if he wasn't exposed to the smaller conferences, you know? But, I mean, that that's I feel like that's directly my argument. But, um. I don't know. So, so, what would be your pick then? My pick. Um, oh, that's a good. And you made a great point about Lucha Underground. Um, I, I guess I would favor with ROH because the only reason why I would favor ROH when you look at somebody like a Jay Lethal or the Young Bucks who have been traveling all over the world, who've been in New Japan and everything, but when you talk about America-based programming, that's probably the, the most richest, or not the most richest, that's bad English, the richest company that can, I guess, spotlight these guys who are legit names would be ROH. Even look at Diamond Dijak. You know, I think the time that he's been in ROH has just involved himself to a bigger wrestler. You can't really say, like, places like Nova or Evolve, who people who are just starting out, really, for some instances, you know, it's not a fair evaluation, but somewhere like ROH, which has some name to it, they could get that financial back and they could compete with WWE if they had the same type of program. Hey, look, I got even a, I got something to add to that that I bet you didn't even think about. If ROH okay. had the financial backing, um, wrestlers' contracts wouldn't be written the way they are. The the non-exclusive contract where they could sure. work with other companies. If ROH had the financial backing, some people would be only exclusive to ROH, which will also mean that they would not be in New Japan, and also you'll be able to get a better exposure than seeing them at 12 a.m. on, I don't even know, what, CBS or something random, you know, when you're like, wake up in the middle of the night, you cut on, you're like, oh my god, ROH is on, but you know, you wouldn't have to do that, you'll see them in a regular slot, and you'll get to see some of these um, good, definitely hardworking talent, but yet, some of these um Definitely different creative type of wrestlers like um, Dalton Castle, which a lot of people don't know about, but definitely one of my favorites when it comes to a, definitely a different creative type of person. So contracts is something, is my point about that. Contracts is something that would be written different considering that if they had the financial backing. So, you know, you, you start you start leveling this out some. You say, well, what's, what's ROH talent against... WWE talent, mm -hmm. and then you start saying, okay, if they're both good talent, what makes the show different? What makes sure. what makes you want to tip over to one for the other? I can answer that too. I'd rather watch ROH because of the fact that I know one, the moves are unleashed. <laughs> You're bound to see any type of match, yeah, um, exactly. any type of match, any type <laughs> of move. 
Dwayne, you brought up my next point. I swear I'm not just trying to segue um, off of you. I specifically told Silly Sellers before we started today that I said, you know what's funny about th that topic? The richest wrestlers in WWE are not the hardest absolute workers in the ring. They may well fare work some of the most dates, maybe, but are not the hardest workers in the ring. Considering that the last time I checked, the highest paid um, wrestlers in WWE were obviously John Cena, Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar, Big Show, and I think Kane, I think was all up there. I feel like I missed this. Oh, Roman Reigns is slightly up there too as far as what his, um, what his appeal was uh, selling for. But considering that those couple of names I just said there, all of them, limited moveset, um, definitely not much different in their creative scheme over the years and um nobody's ever gonna say it's some of the best wrestlers in the world yeah highest paid sure but ain't nobody gonna say that john Cena is the best wrestler in the world you know what i mean mm. so Dwayne, i think you bring a good point want to elaborate on that on some on, on some of that more because I, I i definitely see where you're coming from with that so yeah like i said to me it's, it's kind of like a, an investment you make an investment and especially in a business, you kind of want it to, to be the safest thing possible. So what are you going to do with your big names or the people that you want to do with face your company? So what are you going to tell them? You want to tell them to limit your, your skill set and only bring out certain moves during pay-per-views. For instance, John Cena. John Cena is not unleashing moves that we've never seen him do. Is he? Huh? Is he? Yeah, yes. This <laughs> 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 is like... And just, I'm going to give you an example. That, that first Kevin Owens match, he did some stuff that I, I never thought he would do. I mean, we could talk. Yeah, ever since then, I don't know where he's been, but I absolutely agree. Like, I think there was a counter on Twitter about the number of different moves that he executed that day, and he was well over his normal five. I can tell you that. So, and it's, and I won't be surprised that as we see, but we're going to continue to see that the the indie field in WWE is not going to happen because you got to think about it. My new face of wrestling has to be the safest, has to be the safest wrestling because we have, we need him there. And and that's the thing about indies, and it, and we're starting to see this problem more and more. The simple fact that when we have indie wrestlers coming to WWE and we try to give them a push, nine times out of ten, what happens? They get hurt. They're pushed. <sighs> I don't. I don't know. We've been talking about injuries so much on the show. Is it? Is it? I mean, and I. I know it's a, obviously it's a realistic thing when it when it comes down to considering anything physical. But is everything really driven towards injuries? Is that what it's all about? Or or, or do you or do you become like the talent in the CWC who's so hungry, not not for the money in my in my view. I don't think they're they're money. They're hungry for the money because. Obviously, there's other means of them of them getting money or contract, but yet some of the best talent in the world just want the spotlight to say that, 
you guys never may have heard of me because y'all don't come to Nova Pro or MCW or Evolve, whatever it may be. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty freaking good, and I need the WWE, who has a lot of fans, to platform what I can do so I can build up my own fan base so people can see who I am. And if this ultimately results in me being in a WWE, fine. But if not, you know, I, I'm doing this because I want that platform. Yet, both parties win. You get views on the on the network, you get buys for the network, and you get any time to, for people to say, I know that guy. You know how, like, to be honest, you know how good it feels to go to, like, the show like The Evolve and know about 95% of the talent because majority of them come from top brands like TNA or the CWC or whatever it may be. That's a really good feeling, you know? And yeah, I, I mean, it's a good feeling. And like I said, I don't knock anybody who's in the Indies. Like I, like I said, we like the Indies. But at the end of the day, it's just like, I, I guess the, the trend is, especially when it comes to WWE, that when people from the Indies, and I'm not saying every single one, but you notice that when people from the Indies start to get a push or something of that type of nature, Miraculously, they get hurt at the wrong time. Kevin Owens didn't get hurt. Seth Rock. Not yet. Seth. And, and the thing is, and I think that you're going to see see these people slowly but surely start limiting their skill set. Sami Zayn didn't get hurt in um in NXT, which was the end game from leaving the Indies. Um. Let me see. There's a lot of good talent. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano aren't hurt. Um, the Mighty Don't Kneel aren't hurt. You know. I mean, yeah, they aren't hurt right now. The thing is, when Sam Zayn ever hurt? Yes. Yes. Was Seth, Seth Rollins hurt before he to get the WWE title? Yes. But the thing is, it's, it's just like it just depends on who you are in WWE to make it seem like okay, well, he's hurt. I'm going to push him after he's hurt. So it's all that else on the type of level. We've seen people that, you know, got hurt and they go back down to I don't know. Maybe I should just plug Bad Boys and Notorious B.I.G. and just say more money, more problems. In a way, but that's kind of a different tangent that you're going off on too, D-Wayne, because like the men said about, you know, sometimes that goes into the reckless style people choose to have, even though part of that comes with the money territory, like as you're mentioning. But it, it's, I think it's a few more factors that that can tangent off as side conversations, to your point. Um, before we even switch topic, D-Wayne, go ahead and tell me. So if, if, with, with the Twitter question um, of today, what would be your brand then that you think if they had the financial backing could compete with the WWE? Um, if they had the financial backing, and I, I'm probably gonna get some flack for saying this, but I think it's gonna be TNA. You know what? Before you even go any further, um, D1, I'm gonna ask you this one more time. I'm asking you this on the show now because now I'm getting backlash because you don't have a specific Twitter handle for people to at you at for some of the stuff that you say. So I'm requesting that you make your page so that when something is said on this show or on Twitter, I can at you and say he said it, okay? <laughs> so go ahead. Go ahead with this TNA stuff, okay? <laughs> I, I, personally, I think it's TNA. One, because, again, it's to me, I feel like, team, like TNA is just the WWE Junior. Um, even though we want to see good wrestling, I think they're better handled to handle that because, like I said, 
through skill sets in wrestling. And I think that TNA is very able to handle it because guess what? They already have a lot of people who can put on good matches but still have limited skill sets. So, and, and that's my thing. I feel like TNA is just very equipped to handle it. I don't. Mm-hmm. I think that ROH, while we have good wrestling, I think that you're going to see, like I said, the bigger investment going to be in that those type of wrestling matches that we're that we're used to going to in the in hotels and gyms, we're not going to see that type of wrestling because they're going to be more safer because they're going to need that person for the next show, the next show, the next show. Absolutely. I, I mean, I can't. I, I definitely can buy that for sure. I, let me go off the limb real quick with uh, with a company that I don't think any of us kind of even thought about for a while. What do you think if Global Force had the financial backing with Jeff Jarrett, who's a veteran in the game, um, is anchoring. If he had the financial backing, do you think they could be a contender in the game? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think at this point in his career, and it's sad to say, Jeff Jarrett is at the point where he can help. No, he's a glorified wrestling school. I'll put it like that. And he's a way that he could have the financial resources to, you know, promote people and, and build up people. But I think at this point, when you have somebody that created TNA and lost that power in your vision of what you created, um, I, I think you really can't go to that point again where you can get up to be a top person in the wrestling industry, even with financial backing. And, and that's bad to say. <laughs> but I think we all I think we all agree if Book It Gabe had the financial back and forth evolved that there's no question that they could be a contender, correct? Right. Now now the only the only issue with that is, well, how many of their wrestlers could they actually keep considering that if some of the exclusive contracts were written in a sense that a lot of their any time that they use aren't coming directly from their company like at, like at the show i was at like i said um ec3 and um drew galloway uh was involved in the um the last the um the main event match against tj perkins and uh who else somebody else in the cwc maybe tony niece no not tony niece i forget um uh, but considering that, when you look at that, you're like, all right, well, all right, well, two of those talents clearly ain't with, <laughs> ain't with uh, Evolve. Then the other two, what well, you want to kind of consider that they may be with the WWE at some point. So that only leaves the two other people who I don't even remember. What, what now, like, what, what do a company do there? Do they have to search low to find and, and breed new talent or do they have to go hard and go to the top and try to sign those these top guys all right so okay so this is what i have to say so we're talking about these these indies that might have that will hypothetically speaking has the capital of WWE. and, and here's the thing i'll say that you won't have to find talent because guess what with that capital you can pay whoever you want so those those um they were talking about well guess what they have the money so they can just say here here's the money some to us i mean you think people really want to jump i mean at the end of the day they still have to make a living so i mean if they like the company that it is right now i mean of course it's going to change the bigger it gets but i mean they have they that's what i'm saying they probably won't have an issue 
taking this money and them saying doing it has to do so I, I don't think that you have the issue of building talent or getting talent. You have the money and the capital to do so. It's basically it's your pick of it's your pick of the crop. So what do you want to do? Okay, so question for the two of you guys before we last comment before we move on. Um, Cody Rose. Everybody has to slant the same baseline for money and contracts. Does he continue to work like an indie star, or does he just go to another company knowing that they can offer him the same amount of money that he was making in WWE? I think, and I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I honestly feel that we're going to see Cody Rhodes back in WWE within the next three years. You, you ain't the first to say that, Celis. Huh? I, I don't think so. I really think at this point, Cody Rhodes doesn't need WWE because he has the lineage. So wherever he goes, that name Rhodes is going to mean something to him just being in the wrestling business. I think this is a great opportunity for him to do something like Jeff Jarrett. Maybe Cody Rhodes will want to take what he's doing, make himself a multi-platinum star, being in acting, being in wrestling. And then if he decides to create his own wrestling school, maybe his own wrestling promotion, that's where you see him at. I don't think he goes back to the WWE. He's definitely hungry. And with, with, you, with the comment of you saying that his last name um, definitely is going to pay homage um, to his family no matter where he goes. With, with the rumor that TNA and ROH would not be able to use his name since he does not own the rights to Rhodes. Does Cody alone solidify who he is going into a company such as ROH or, or TNA? Ooh, that's a good question. No. <laughs> and I, I, I don't sorry to say that's that's why I honestly feel that we're going to see him back in WWE. And think about it, if he can generate the, the press on the indies, I mean he can come back to WWE, they can give him a solid push. No, that, 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 if, if they really were smart about it, they would have did that before he left, not after he comes back. I'm sorry. I think he's a little uncertain himself, and he's trying to bank on his own value. So I think he's doing this world tour of going to different companies to see how strong his name holds up and to take off the face paint in the, in the uh, trash bag mask so people can see who he really is and what he can do. I think he's, right. I think he's trying to um, basically... Be able to put a seal of approval to know that he did everything he could and everybody knows who he is. And then I think he does take another voyage to WWE one last time. That That's just my opinion. <laughs> he can't go to WWE not unless he gets that title run. And I agree everything that you said to change, but if it's not for WWE or a universal title run, it won't make any sense because you can't come back to the mid card. Not if you're trying to take this time to build your own name and build your he, own brand. I'm sorry. If he was on SmackDown right now, um, I'm sure we'll be seeing The Miz versus uh, Cody Rhodes instead of Dolph Ziggler right now. Or it would have been Cody Rhodes versus Dean Ambrose uh, um, on SummerSlam. But that is just my opinion. But, you know, moving forward, um, w uh, 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 SmackDown first exclusive pay-per-view this week is at Backlash, which is uh, on September 11th. In Richmond, Virginia, which isn't that far from us, but um, none of us is going, considering that um, maybe scheduling of other stuff and stuff like that. But also, I, I didn't have so much intrigue and want to go anyway, even if I could have went. Um, but um, just to go down the cars uh, real quick, you have The Miz and Maurice versus Dolph Ziggler for the IC Championship. Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt for a singles match. You have The Hype Bros uh, versus The Usos. This and the winner of that would then proceed to see the um, face Heath Slater and Rhino um, for the new SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Um, 
And then you have the first six-pack challenge elimination match, which I'm glad this is an elimination match. Because Lord, if this was a a singles a single pin, I just I just never understood that. Like, does that get on? Does any of that get on your nerves too? Big battle royals where the first person get pinned and then it's over. It seems like it's pointless, like it's a rush. Like you're trying to do everything just to get it over with in a way. And it never ever is a believable ending to me. I'm I'm sorry. Um and then you have for the um the WWE World Championship, you have AJ Styles versus Dean Ambrose. So um I all of us are Miz fans. The Miz is obviously the champion with Maurice versus Dolph Ziggler. Does Dolph Ziggler finally get a strap around him? <laughs> Or is he just back, back to the fishes? Two, two, two things. My two guesses are that. Now, going back to another uh, vote that I casted about if the Miz was the first ballot Hall of Fame, that came back. It was a 50 50 tie between the fans that voted. Just oh. want to throw that. <laughs> okay. um, also, if the Miz. How many fans voted? Don't worry about that. If, <laughs> <laughs> if, if the Miz loses, if the Miz loses, I won't be surprised, but if the Miz loses, that means um, AJ Styles is going to lose, and then the Miz is going to compete for that world heavyweight title. Okay, <laughs> I can deal with that. I'm sorry, Dolph Ziggler better win, cause I'm tired of hearing him cry on Mike about how this is his last chance. <laughs> D Wayne. Hey, this this is a lot of search. I honestly feel like the Miz is going to maintain. Um, I don't think that the Miz is going to, um, you know, transfer the. Um, Whatever that title is, who knows? The uh, world, the WWE World Championship. <laughs> WWE World Heavyweight yeah. Championship. Yeah, whatever that title is, because they changed the name, which I don't care. Um, and because I honestly feel like at the end of the day, they want the strap on AJ Styles, and he's going to get the strap. Um, I, I, I honestly feel like we're going to see a, a Cena 16-time world championship in Survivor Series. Um, okay. That's possible, considering that he's not even at this pay-per-view, and he already announced that he's on tour. I'm considering that, um, he, they must have something in store for him, and I think an AJ Cena match is definitely in the looms again. Only makes sense, right? <laughs> um, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, who wins, or do y'all even care? <laughs> um, you know what, I, I, I don't want this match to end, or... Excuse me, let me get my thoughts together. I want this match to end as some type of DQ or draw because they need to build on this match in the future because these two can really bring the both out of each other. And I really hope this is a two to three month feud. D-Wayne? Well, I mean, if Randy Orton wins for this, it's like, what are you doing, Bray Wyatt? Are you just wasting him? And then you might as well kill him off and go to the bitches and say, I'm telling you, if Bray Wyatt doesn't turn into a storyline such as Kevin Owens at some point, I'm going to be a pretty upset as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I, I agree. Bray Wyatt has been jobbing. He's been cutting great promo, promos. Oh, my God, what I just said. Great promos for a while and just has not been able to have significant wins in the ring. I'm glad the Wyatt family did get that last win at WrestleMania, but other than that, I mean, like, they just been, they just been going downhill and there haven't been much re- relevance. Um, that's a WrestleMania, I meant SummerSlam. Um, I'm sorry, what was the pay-per-view before the brand split? Brand split? 
I don't. I don't. Summerslam, Summerslam was that was the last one before. No, I'm sorry. Before the draft, before the draft, Battleground. Battleground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if uh, what's the face makes the return. Um, uh, da 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 da. The Wyatt family. Um, it's it's, it's possible because Luke Harper is healthy. Yeah, Luke Harper. He's healthy. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if it's about the time for his return. But anyway, moving forward, uh, you got the Usos versus the Hype Bros. You know, I don't get hype. I stay hype. You know it, bruh. And I'm definitely going with the hometown kid, Mojo Rowley and Zack Ryder on this one. I think against the Usos? Yeah. No, Usos wins. You got to have a heel against the face. I, I think it only makes sense that moving into the new era that you definitely give somebody new a chance to have some strap on. If the Usos get the championship again, I mean, come on now, because... No, 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 they won't get it again, but as far as the, talk about new era, the new era is for them to finally be healed. Like you said on Twitter, you've been waiting for that, but hoping it was with their cousin. But if those two can hold it on their own, because they debuted as heels when they came with Tamina. But, but, okay, but my point is, the winner of this faces Heath Slater and Rhino, and you already made the points where Rhino obviously has to be part-time. Heath Slater's did could be full-time, but I think we get to a point where Heath Slater, you know, then did such a good job and left it all out in the ring that, you know, Shane McMahon rewards him a contract just because he's seen his hard efforts. I think that's how that's going to be booked, honestly, but I, I could be wrong. But, I'm, okay, so what? You got the Usos, I got um the Hype Bros, Dwayne. It just depends on where they're going with this. Um, I honestly feel like it's probably going to be the Usos only because of that whole, I guess, what we call heel turn that they did. <laughs> they're tired of being pre-show jobbers. That's what they really should have been saying. You know, so, but, I, I mean, I do like the hype, bro, so I won't be surprised if they do go face on face with this. So, man, I'm, I'm going to do the shows. And the winner of that, do they beat Rhino and Heath Slater or no? What happens there? Uh, that, 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 and that's the wild card. Because you, you know what? Ways. The Usos win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I, I'm just going to say it. Wow, we want Heath Slater and Rhino. That's not going to happen. I think that that Uso's heel turn kind of makes it a little bit more interesting because you got to think about it. They can have the belts in Middle America Alpha come back because you know they're going to be based. It is. Exactly. Good point. But again, I mean, with that being said, when you're saying they come back, what was even the point of the injury swerve? That's, that's, that's just... Okay, let me speak on that for a second, okay? Now, I didn't see this live, so fans, grill me if I'm wrong with this. So, let's think about this. This happened about 9.30 local time on the East Coast where the injury, quote-unquote, happened. Talking smack starts, starts at 10 o'clock. If you try to pull this like it's an NFL, NBA injury where you try to say, oh, it's an MCL sprain, he's out, or whatever, MCL diagnosis do not happen until an MRI. Oh, okay, party pooper. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It's unrealistic for 30 minutes for you to say, oh, he has an MCL sprain. Even if he takes an X-ray, X-ray looks at bone. X-ray does not look at ligaments. Ligaments are checked under MRI. So you can, 
thinking x-rays were negative so you're unsure keep this thing on limbo until saturday where he's cleared out you know even the nfl says we're taking probable off the injury report and only listen to people as questionable as a game time decision that way you can make it more realistic don't say he's out after mco sprain after 30 minutes come on now. Oh, okay i mean so so all right so so while I would agree with him, he has he has a legit point. I think that I mean it just depends on doctors. Some doctors can sit up here and say, by examining your leg, say it's a ligament sprain. They might not know what, and so it's like a guess. And they do certain tests, do certain stability tests to say, okay, well, it might be ACL, MCL. So I mean I can see how they got that, but legitimately speaking. And you're right, because Daniel Bryant was definitely one of those like he was kinda sad and disappointed because they they wasn't gonna be able to compete for the title. So yeah, you're 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 right on with that. Okay. So we have the six pack challenge, uh, the first women's six pack uh six pack challenge elimination match for the SmackDown new women's championship, which includes Alessa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Carmella, Naomi, <sighs> Natalia, and Nikki Bella. I am, you already know who I'm marking out for. It only makes sense that Becky Lynch wins because she deserves to be with the top gunners in Raw. But since she can't, it only makes sense that she has the title and holds the title first on the SmackDown roster. Everybody else has to wait their turn. That's exactly how I feel. I think they did a good job of not making it so cliche on SmackDown to make it seem like because she was the first person out, that doesn't automatically mean she was going to be the winner. But it was enough for um, it was enough for people to see that everybody actually stood a chance in this match. So, but I'm going I'm going with the obviously the uh, the woman crush Wednesday Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is good, but I don't think she gets it either. I you know I would love to see Naomi get it, but I think Eva is the one that's going to get it, and I think Eva no excuse me Eva. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Nikki's going to get it, but then Nikki's going to turn into a feud with Eva. Um, and that way, Eva could probably take it off Nikki for a little bit. Because I think they're really trying to push Eva to be that number one person on SmackDown. you definitely been booking that one for a while. You definitely have. Safe to say nobody's on here thinking that Natalya deserves one last run, right? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. D-Way. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's, let's, first of all, let's try it now. Let's talk about this division because you're right now after about SmackDown on this division and how much I hate it. Um, for my bathroom break slash filler match of the night, um, I mean, I said this a few weeks ago, I'm gonna say it again. Mickey Brothers gonna come in and take this title. So, because I believe I explained myself good last time. If you say so, I don't know, man. I don't know. But it's gonna be interesting. I'm definitely, I'm definitely invested in seeing that match. So, you know, should, could has 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 the potential to be match of the night, but we'll see. But um, AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose for the world, the WWE World Championship, where AJ Styles finally gets the gold that he was brought to WWE for. End of story. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Tell him. Let's rewind it. He said it. That's how, that's how bad this card is. When, when Tim Chain said that that 
six pack challenge match has potentially be matches tonight. I don't. I don't. That's how bad this card is. No, no, no. I don't. I don't take it as being a bad card. I just think there's a lot of women's talent that we just. You know, they've been given uh, mediocre matches on Smack. I ain't going to say mediocre matches, but SmackDown levels m- matches where I think everybody can cut it up to the next spot. Obviously, Naomi is healthy, and she's probably the most athletically gifted woman within the division. And I think it's, I think it's just going to elevate the other time to be better. Obviously, Becky Lynch was the... Um, uh, carried the triple threat match at WrestleMania, but Alessa Bliss and Carmella are hungry. Nikki Bella's back to prove that she's still the contender, and the tires is a good work general in all. I think there's a lot of pieces here to solidify a good match. Hey, look, first of all, it's gonna be Botch Central, the University of Botches. Matter of fact, they probably can teach a class on how many botches is gonna be. So, would that be the school of Botch? So, Dean Ambrose, AJ Styles, hater. I mean, AJ Styles. I you put him on the monster pile, so I'm going to say uh, Dean Ambrose retains. <laughs> I put him on the monster phone. I put him on the monster phone. I'm putting him on the monster phone. I put him on the monster phone. I'm putting him on the monster phone. I'm putting him on the monster phone. I'm putting him on the monster phone. i um, you will be watching because you paid your $9.99 and you will be tuned in. You will be tweeting. You will be making your own name so that people can tweet you for the foolishness that is said. Because when that match is the match of the night, I'm going to make sure that I tweet you from my personal and the, the page and let you know that you were wrong. So. Hey, look. Let's turn this way. Matter of fact, this is what I'm going to do. My Twitter has my own person. I'm going to talk trash the whole night. And I'm going to talk about how Becky Lynch is horrible and Nikki Bella is the face of this division. That's what I'm going to talk about. Do and it. Then I'm going to talk about. Then I'm going to talk about how Dean Ambrose. Uh, who is Dean Ambrose? Let's just show you now. I hate to say this, but Dean Ambrose. I just don't think he has it as a champion because I don't think that WWE knows how to deal with his character. With that being said, I'm just going to talk trash. <laughs> All right, uh, Silas, you're gonna talk trash and yours too, right? Oh, of course, <laughs> of course, whatever. Well, anyway, um, I know this is our Wednesday episode, but be sure tomorrow to tune in. Um, Aaron of the BGB group. We'll be doing a live reaction show tomorrow. I'll say about between 9 and 9.30 for the TNA Delete or the Delete or Decay match. Which, if you haven't catched his first um his first reaction show for the um the the final deletion segment from TNA, which was really good. So I know we're, like we're plugging TNA. You're like, what? Oh, trust me, this has been the first uh the total deletion, the final deletion was really good. I have to say, and it and it definitely broke Twitter. So there's definitely buzz behind this delete or decay 
that's gonna that's gonna come on tomorrow um so you definitely tune in he'll be doing his live reaction i'm not sure if anybody else is going to be going to be joining I, I won't be able to make it obviously because i'm going to see jesus which is you know jesus that's enough said as it is there but you know, and, and I'm gonna be Ubering for a time. All right, all right, come. Make money off the people that's gonna see you. Okay, come, come, scoop me. <laughs> give me, <laughs> give me the code. <laughs> but yeah, definitely check that out tomorrow. He'll be making his appearance, um, along with anybody else in the group that that um can um schedule it in. So definitely will be interesting for sure. Um, this weekend, the UFC 203, which is going to be on Saturday, September 10th. Finally, we get to see the debut of CM Punk versus Mickey Gall. So, for all you wrestling fans who want CM Punk to come back, I guess you need, guess you're gonna have to have your fingers crossed that he loses. Because if he loses, he's back in the WWE. I'm sorry, but if he wins, you know, good for him. And um, like Mr. Silly Silly Selly said on on Fox Sports One, they did a three part segment of his whole build to it. I thought it was only one, and I seen it. It featured him. Um. Some other UFC stars, you got to see AJ Lee, which is really good. And you got to see his triumph to actually get his fighter's license in order for him to, to be able to participate in this match. So, if you're a fan of the guy, you definitely would appreciate that. And um, another, before we uh, jet out today, another thing I want to plug in too is um, our, our, our friends over at Attitude of Aggression will also be doing a show um, this week and releasing for their preview for... Um, backlash where they obviously want the cool guys at bgb to join in with us so you may be hearing a couple of our voices on their show um which should be being re recorded soon and released before um the pay-per-view on sunday so definitely give a check out to attitude of aggression at attitude agg on twitter and um you know we'll be joining we'll be joining them on that and we'll be having them back on our show very very soon as well too so um you know, for the BGB group, follow us on all our platforms. Follow D-Wayne when he gets his new Twitter handle that I'm going to keep emphasizing. <laughs> and, um, you know, follow <laughs> follow Silly Sellers, uh, BGB, and and me at 2 Chains on Twitter. And, you know, we interact, we respond, get ready for our next uh, Twitter topic, which I think we will release over the weekend, maybe after Battleground. A backlash. I keep wanting to say battleground. After battle, after backlash. Sheesh. And um, our next, our best uh, response will, you know, get, see if we can get them on the show. And uh, like I said, we'll catch out each and every Wednesday at eight o'clock. So y'all take care. Have a good weekend.